0: Welcome to Midweek in the Word, where each week we seek to become better readers, hearers, and doers of God's Word. This podcast is brought to you by Faith Bible Church in Lincoln, Nebraska. Now, here is your host, Faith Bible Church's Adult Ministries Pastor, Pastor Brad Myers. Hello, listeners, and
1: welcome back to Midweek in the Word. Thanks so much for taking the time out of your schedule to join us for this week's episode. And if you listened in last week, you know that we had another ministry highlight. I got the chance to sit down with Jen Soberan, our children's ministry director, and talk about what children's ministry looks like, what motivates that here at Faith Bible Church. If you missed that episode, I'd really encourage you to go back and listen to that one. But I'm also excited for this week's episode because I'm excited to return to our What Does the Bible Say about series here on the podcast, as I'm joined again by Tom Remple, Faith Bible Church's preaching pastor. Thanks so much for being on the episode, Tom. It's
2: nice to be back. A little week off, and now I'm ready to go.
1: Very good, very <laughs> good. Well, hopefully, listeners, you enjoyed getting to hear from Jen and having a different voice on the podcast. I know we're excited about that ministry and what's going on there, um, but I'm also excited for where you've been going in your Hebrew sermon mm-hmm. series, Tom. Uh, this last Sunday, we stepped away from that series in Hebrews as Dave Drevo filled the pulpit. Uh, Dave Drevo, one of Faith Bible Church's lay elders. Uh, Now at the end of the podcast, I'll mention where we're going in Hebrews here as well. But listeners, if you missed uh, Dave's message, if you missed uh, any other previous messages as well, let me just remind you, you can find those on faithbiblelincoln.org. Hit the resources tab and the sermons button. You can find any of our past sermons, whether it be Tom's Hebrews sermons feed or whether it be any of the guest preachers that we have in the pulpit. You can also search on wherever you get your podcast for Faith Bible Church Lincoln, Nebraska, and select the podcast feed with the black background and the white letters. That's our sermons feed podcast. All those get updated as new sermons come out, no matter who's preaching. So we'd encourage you to find those and follow along with us if you can't be with us on Sunday morning. Um, now, Tom, this week's topic is, is both challenging mm-hmm. and I would also argue incredibly joyful. Uh, I want to set the tone here a little bit uh, because uh, there's there's no more vivid image when it comes to dealing with this topic uh, than the picture we get at the end of Pilgrim's Progress. I don't know how many of our listeners have read that book, um, but this imagery of Pilgrim coming toward the end of his journey, the celestial city uh, being visible up ahead and having this incredible river in front of him, this river that he must pass through on his own. Uh, standing before me has to wade into that waters. That's our topic, really. It's about the yeah. end of life, this last season we have. We're talking about death and the resurrection here on the podcast this week. Um, so listeners, as we've kind of set the tone for that, let me also read for you out of Faith Bible Church's doctrinal statement, what we believe about resurrection and death, because obviously this is a weighty topic. This is a personal topic um, to most of us or to all of us. Um, let me say, uh, this is what we read. It's a pretty short paragraph, uh, but this is what Faith Bible Church says. Uh, we believe in the resurrection of both the saved and the lost. Those who are saved to the resurrection of life in heaven. And those who are lost to the resurrection of eternal damnation in hell. Um, Obviously a challenging but also a joyful topic here on the podcast this week, Tom. Uh, So what does the Bible say about death and resurrection?
2: Well, that's probably the second most uh, uh, repeated theme from Genesis to Mm -hmm. Revelation. And it tells us, I mean, Paul summarizes in Romans 6.23, the wages of sin is death. The free gift of God is eternal life. So you've got death and life, death and resurrection together. But basically what the Bible teaches us is that death is a separation. And uh, so it it begins in Genesis chapter 2 when God says, On the day that you eat of it, you will certainly die. Speaking of spiritual death— But then when you get to chapter 4, physical death takes place. And so all through the scriptures is the issue of, is it ever possible to conquer death? Mm. And then you've got the resurrection narrative, and there's this, this hope for the fact that we can live after dying. So anyway, it, yeah, it, yeah. It, it ties everything in the Bible together mm. you know, under one umbrella.
1: Mm. Yeah. And, and I love in your Route 66 series how you took time and talked about the genealogies, and you talked yeah. about that, I believe the way they put it's a drumbeat of death. Over and over. Now, that really matches up. We, we tend to try and insulate ourselves from the reality of death yep. in our modern society. You know, We don't think about it a lot. We don't go to the cemetery very much. Yep. We like to insulate ourselves from that reality. And at the Bible constantly is putting the reality of death, the the finitude of our human existence, our our, our physical existence here in this world, uh, right in front of our faces in a way that we have to realize. But also, the flip side, it's also, yeah. you know, in the genealogy, you got Enoch. You know, yeah. also this, yeah. there is something else put out there as well. How about the doctrine of resurrection? What is that idea? Well,
2: that's, you know, it, it, uh, as you said, uh, going back to the Genesis 5, just, you're five chapters into the book, into the Bible, and he's just, uh, they lived this many years, they had this many children, and then he died, and he died, mm-hmm. and he died. And Enoch walked with God. And he was not. And you get this little glimmer of maybe it's possible to live and not die. But then it goes right back to it and you just have generation after generation to die. You're introduced to Abraham in Genesis uh, chapter 11. And then Abraham's father dies in Genesis chapter 12. He start this whole new line and then um, uh, the whole resurrection theme doesn't really show up until you get to chapter 22 of Genesis where Abraham puts his own son on the altar as an mm. act of obedience to God. Mm. And at the time, you're thinking oh, that's the most courageous thing ever. You don't realize what he was thinking until you get to Hebrews chapter eleven. Yeah. And then Hebrews chapter eleven says, and Abraham believed that God would raise his son from the dead. He really thought that in obedience to God he would take the life of Isaac, but that God then would raise him from the dead. So you there's a oh. there's a few resurrections in the prophets, you know, the story of Elisha and Elijah, mm-hmm. but but not very many. And then you got the, the story of Job, which probably took place you know, before all that, before the patriarchs, at least during that era. Mm-hmm. And, and he, he says his encouragement after bearing 10 of his own children and all of his servants. And he says, I know that my Redeemer lives and one day will stand upon this earth. So there's this, this seed of hope in the scriptures in the midst of all of the constant death, uh, rebellion against God, brought about the wages of sin, which is death. But undergirding it all is the promise that they will one day be life again. Mm. And you see it over and over. And then uh, probably the time you get to to John chapter 11, that's probably my favorite text, where knowing that his best friend was dying, unusual. Jesus doesn't go to Lazarus' side. He doesn't go to the home of Mary and Martha. Terminal illness, and he stays. And then word comes that his friend Lazarus has died. And Jesus said, okay, guys, now we're going to go. And they said, well, wait a minute. What? When there was hope, we stayed. But now that he's died, and Jesus said, well, he hasn't died. He's just asleep. <laughs> and then they go there, and Martha said, Lord, if you'd been here, my brother would not have died. There's that biblical theme, that beat. And Jesus said to her, "says Your brother will live again." She goes, and so here's her faith. I know that he will live in the day of the resurrection. Mm-hmm. So there was this Old Testament mm-hmm. expectation that there was coming a time when all of the dead would be raised again. And then Jesus said, "Martha, I am the resurrection and the life." So all wrapped up in that theme of separation, and then again bringing life back into the deceased is wrapped up in the person of Jesus.
1: Mm. So practically speaking, then, what what does this doctrine of death and resurrection mean for everyone who lives? What What is, what is that?
2: Well, the, the practical side is Solomon talked about it in Ecclesiastes 7, when he said it's better to go to a house of mourning than to a house of feasting, because the grave is the end of every man, and the wise takes it to heart. Or Psalm 115, I think it's 16th mm-hmm. verse. So Teach us, therefore, to number our days so that we might present to you a heart of wisdom. So the practical is that we live in the land of the dying, waiting to go to the land of the living. Mm. And we tend to think that we live in the land of the living and we dread going to the <laughs> land of the dying. We got it all reversed. So the practical is, is that my, my life is short. No matter how long it is, 70 years, maybe 80, Psalm 90 says, yeah. which I find interesting written by a guy that lived 120 <laughs> years. And now, but anyway, it says, you know, our life is short no matter how long it is, but eternity is forever. So how do I use this one and only life I have? So the mm-hmm. reality of the grave and the hope of resurrection are the two things that condition how I approach my day-to-day.
1: Mm. Very good. Very good, all right, so we've already talked here a little bit about the this teaching where it's found. Yeah. We obviously get this theme of death that's unavoidable yeah. throughout the whole text of scripture. We also get this idea of resurrection. Christ comes in the gospels and we realize that means he is belief in him is the resurrection yeah. to eternal life. Um, but as we've articulated this doctrine as far as we believe in the resurrection um, of of both the those that will be saved and and go to heaven and those that haven't been saved and will ultimately uh, end up in hell where where does that aspect of this teaching come from in the new testament
2: well it, the the resurrection picture is in even baptism i was thinking as you were speaking of of Romans chapter 6 and in Romans chapter 6 if we have been buried with him we have been raised with him so mm. even in the christian ordinance of baptism we have that story taught and in paul's Spends an incredible amount of attention on it in First Corinthians fifteen, where yeah. he talks about if there is no resurrection, we are of all to be most pitied. But then he he at the end he he quotes the Old Testament when he says, Death is swallowed up in victory. Oh yeah. death, where is your victory? Oh death, where is your sting? The sting of death is sin. The power of sin is the law, but thanks be to God who gives us victory through our Lord Jesus Christ. So Again, in Revelation, or I'm sorry, in First Corinthians 15, he talks about specifically the meaning of resurrection, and then the resurrection to either eternal damnation or to eternal joy. Uh, certainly, the Book of Revelation is yeah. just replete with that, and they're going to be cast into outer darkness. Probably the most graphic is. What could be a parable, but if it's a parable, it's the only time Jesus gave a name to an individual in a parable. Usually they're just a man, a woman, Mm. a good Samaritan, whatever. Mm. But in Luke chapter 16, he said it was a poor man by the name of Lazarus who was laid at the gate of a wealthy man. And then finally it says, and Lazarus died and he was carried by the angels into the bosom of Abraham. And the rich man also died and he was buried and he awakened in Hades. And he cried out, and he Mm. saw on the other side uh, uh, Lazarus reclining, uh, having a banquet feast with Abraham. And he said, would you send Lazarus over so he could dip his finger in the water and cool the tip of my tongue? And uh, Abraham said, you can see that between us is a chasm fixed. We can't come to you, and you can't come to us. And at that point, the rich man said, then would you send someone to my father's house? I have five brothers I don't want to come to this place. So there is a forever heaven and a forever hell clearly taught through the scriptures. And the fact that Jesus spoke of hell almost more than any other topic or subject, which is a reminder that there is a forever life, even of damnation and separation on the other side.
1: Yeah. Yeah, sobering reality, but one that is absolutely unavoidable in the text of scripture. Yeah. Um, you know I uh, you, you bring up the book of revelation obviously the ultimate judgment yeah. um, and yet I can't help but all think of all the old testament prophets that really make that dividing line fairly straightforward there right. are those that are with god and there are those that are against god
2: yeah.
1: um and and that is the reality that ultimately yeah. everyone will be judged as either being one or the other yeah um in revelation we see the culmination of that we see that final uh, reality that that thing that really our physical death today is just kind of like a precursor to, yeah. of a pre-image yeah. of that ultimate reality um, for those that are in rebellion against God. Okay, go ahead. <laughs> well, I was,
2: I was just thinking when you said that, it, when Adam and Eve were told in Genesis 2, the day you eat of it, you will die. In Genesis 3, Satan tried to steal the pain from that. And he goes, oh, you won't certainly die. You'll just mm-hmm. be knowledgeable as God. You'll have understanding of God. So you're going to go ahead and eat it. And they did eat it, and physically they didn't die. Yeah. I mean they didn't, you know, get uh stomach pains and keel over and pass out. It was not right. <laughs> none of that called nine one one or anything. Uh, yeah. But death had occurred. Yeah. And the death was they were separated from God. So there was a spiritual death. And then in Genesis four came the first physical yeah. death. And so again, there's just that Rebellion against God brings about a separation from God, which ultimately brings about a separation of your soul from your body. So, can there be a resurrection of the relationship between the sinner and God? Well, your sins have created this chasm, but God in Christ Jesus has bridged the chasm. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. So that Death can be restored to life by faith in Christ Jesus. At the same time, there will be a physical resurrection. So after Jesus said that to Martha, he went to the cemetery where the his, her brother had been buried for four days, and he said, "Lazarus, come forth!" And he came out of the clothes mm. out of the out of the ground, clothed in cl- in grave clothes. He says, "Unwrap him and let him go. <laughs> you know, he's, he's free. The, the The grave has lost its hold yeah. on him." So that that principle, that truth, just goes over and over in the scripture.
1: Mm. Yeah, very good. Well, you started to hint already that there are some areas that are outliers, <laughs> there are areas that are beyond um, doctrinal. Uh, orthodoxy here, but before we get into that, uh, let's talk a little bit. Are there any areas of disagreement amongst believers on this idea of death and resurrection?
2: well there are there are good brothers and sisters in the faith who who do not believe in the eternality of hell mm-hmm. that, that there is after death perhaps there's there's a short term of uh, of affliction or, or or suffering, but that a good loving God just certainly could not allow someone to be tormented forever and ever. And you know, some pretty big-name theologians as well, some pastor friends of mine, have uh, have taught that view. I, I think that's not what the Scripture says. Mm-hmm. It's certainly not what Jesus described on the other side. So I, don't, I wouldn't call them not believers. I just think that they have not it's painful to embrace that. So, mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. so anyway, I would say that's probably the one area where there's disagreement amongst true Orthodox believers.
1: Mm-hmm. And then obviously that can get too far out of bounds as well, yep. okay? So, yep. so let's, let's go to the, the, the extreme on that then a bit. Um, what about heresies? What are the heresies related to this doctrine of death and resurrection that we need to keep in mind?
2: Well, when you deny the eternality of hell, you you have got to then embrace annihilation, mm. which means that we live for this life. When you die, if, if you have not come to know Jesus your personal Savior, don't have the guarantee of eternal life, then you just cease to exist. It's just yep. as though you never did. Uh, there, there's also, the, of course, reincarnation, mm. which mm-hmm. you know nobody thinks about in this day and age. But back in the 70s, that was a that was a huge heresy mm. that started to make its way into uh, church circles. Uh, there's also a soul sleep that mm-hmm. the, when someone dies, they just simply, there's there's nothing immediately on the other side of the grave. There's this long delay. We wait, and then probably the the other one that we talked about is the, this idea that there's a purgatory, mm-hmm. where uh, where for a season of time we are caught almost between two worlds. And uh, as a great fundraiser, you can either pray your loved one out of purgatory and into heaven, or you can pay them Mm. out of purgatory into heaven. And and I see those as as heresies to be avoided.
1: So Mm. annihilation,
2: soul sleep, uh, purgatory, things along that line. Mm.
1: Yeah, obviously at different times and different places, there are those that have come along that have basically said that you can also deny the reality of death and live forever, and then they... They die, and and, and yeah. the theology is has proved a bit uh unrealized, but obviously you know anything that would that would cause us to doubt that eternality of heaven that into eternality of hell would be out of bounds here i don 't know that for the most part, I sense that most pe- that anyone 's willing to <laughs> to make the claim that we don 't die that 's fairly in your face that 's fairly uh straightforward there, um, but obviously a few of these heresies that we need to be watching out for on this theme um finally tom and this this may be. Um, extremely relevant, or it may be one that that our listeners struggle a little bit to see how it relates to their day-in and day-out life. Like, there may be a vague understanding. Someday, that's something I'm going to have to deal with. But what is the impact on our lives today?
2: Well, I I think this last year, when we watched the whole COVID-19 thing, I Mm. mean, you know, a year ago, our goal was to keep millions of people from dying. and, And now our goal is to keep people from getting sick. But for the believer... Uh, even with the COVID threat, that the fear of death should not be there. As, as my dad said, he said, I- I'm not afraid to die. I know what's on the other side. I'm just afraid of the road that leads me to death. You yeah, know? Yeah. And, and regrettably... Um, some people are afraid of death itself because they don't know. But we have that confidence that, as Paul said, to be absent from the body is to be mm. present with the Lord. And in fact, that's so good, I don't know which one to choose. So he would actually prefer to be with the Lord, but it's better for us that he yeah. remain. So for the believer, it's it's it has stolen the fear of mm. the grave. It, it doesn't mean that it's stolen the the fear of the road that leads us to death, but we don't wonder what's on the other side. There is a savior Mm. that waits to welcome us. And and so when we go to the grave with our loved ones, we we do not Mm. grieve as those who have no hope because you know that there is coming a day when the trumpet will sound and the dead in Christ will be raised first, then we who are alive and remain will be caught up together within the clouds to meet the Lord in the air and we'll always be together Mm. with the Lord. So uh, the the separation that takes place at death of a loved one is only momentary. It's only temporary. Mm. And so that gives us the confidence to live our lives because we don't fear the end
1: of our lives. Mm. Yeah, what an incredible hope and reminder I love that you bring up that idea. of we don't mourn like those who have no yeah. hope, we mourn, but yep. we don't mourn yep. like those that don't have any yep. hope. I also find that for myself, uh, one of the things that, and and you've spoken to it because uh, for whatever reason God has allowed you to do, <laughs> I don't know how many funerals at this point at this point in your <laughs> ministry Tom. since January probably. Um, but one of the things, and this is this is a hard reality to come to terms with, is that because death is that that picture that that reminder given from God of the ultimate reality of separation from yeah. God it's also an incredible opportunity it's yeah. it's it's something that we as believers um, we as believers it it should be a source of hope for us it should yeah. also be a reminder of the fact that we don't live for today yeah. and we do live for eternity yeah. um, I, I don't remember who I was reading recently and they and they talked about how as a society, we have insulated ourselves so much from yeah. death. When, when even just 100 years ago, death was something that took place right around us. It was, it was absolutely our yeah. reality day in and day out. And while that was hard in its own right, it's also an opportunity. It yeah. really is. When, when we're reminded of death, like you speak of, like COVID, it's this reminder that we live for something more. Yeah. You know, we live for something more than just the things in this life. We don't take any of those things with us. You've done a good job of reminding us of that with the Follow Me sermon series and things like that, Um, but that there is something on the other side of the grave, and that really is what we are living for. And and yeah. that's a good reminder for us as believers and it's a motivation to evangelism yeah. and it really does it does have positive effects on well, us and, as well.
2: And Paul wrote to the Corinthians, you know, they needed a good kick upside the head. And he I gave them a wake-up <laughs> right. call in his first letter. But it was even then that he he said there's there's a day of reward. And mm. so, you know, we're living for the day when we hear the well done. Or he gives yeah. us those crowns that we what we're going to use them to worship him. But but the reality is is that there is something to look forward to, and mm. uh, you know even even Peter I was, I was reading this morning First Peter five, and uh, those who labor hard in shepherding mm. God's people you know there is a reward waiting for them. Yeah. You don't get paid well in this life. That's okay <laughs> because the great payday is yet coming. Yeah. And uh, yeah, your your payday or your, your reward is out of this world. Mm. And uh, so we live life for a life to come. Yep. and that keeps us from getting too anchored to the life that we have here.
1: Mm. Very good. Very good. Well, that is it for this week's discussion, listeners. Let me just remind you here a little bit of what we talked about. This idea of death and the resurrection is a hard topic to handle. It's a it's a tough one. It also is an incredible joy and source for the believer. Um, basically, the, the the doctrine here falls down to we all die. We will all ultimately be raised um, to one destination or the other, either to an eternal heaven or to an eternal hell. And there's a sobering reality to that that we need to be reminded of. We see this in a number of places in scripture. We talked about Romans 6.23. We talked about Genesis 2 and John 11, 1 Corinthians 15, Luke 16, uh, any number of places. This is a constant in order for redemption, this idea. I mean, Mm -hmm. the whole story of the Bible is about how man has rebelled against God and God has redeemed us death becomes one of the cruxes yeah. of that reality and the re- redemption and, and resurrection we ultimately have as well. Uh, not a whole lot of disagreements here, though obviously there's some people that wrestle with exactly how do we resolve hell, the eternality of hell, those sort of ideas. But then a number of, of heresies in this area when, when it comes to denying the reality of hell or denying you know, that annihilationism, that yeah. eternality of hell... Uh, the idea of purgatory, that hell is just this temporary place you can get out of at some point. All of these being uh, really twistings uh, of that doctrine of hell um, and heresies we need to keep an eye out for. Um, but ultimately, this reality of death and resurrection, uh, much like the illustration at the beginning in Pilgrim's Progress, that starts out as this thing he fears, this this water, this raging river. Um, ultimately is bared up and brought to the other side. No, and, no. and there's an incredible moment. If Listeners, if you, if you haven't read that portion of the book, I'd encourage you, if you haven't, um, to go back. It is an incredible picture and a good reminder of the encouragement and the fact that we don't need to fear death uh, related to our topic from a couple of weeks ago as yeah. far as the perseverance of the saints, because Christ holds us. Uh, Tom, any final thoughts or encouragements for our listeners on this topic?
2: Well, basically, I think you can take... Uh... Paul's letter to the Corinthians, the fifteenth chapter, and summarize it simply: that death is our last great enemy, but it does not get the last word. Hmm. So, uh, it, it ultimately, death itself will be defeated. Death will die, and that's our encouragement.
1: Hmm. Yeah, death, where is your victory? Uh, been swallowed up. Very good. Very good. Well, listeners, that is it for our discussion on death and the resurrection. Hopefully, it's been encouraging to you, informative to you. Uh, Let me just remind you uh, that this coming Sunday, Tom will dive into the second chapter of Hebrews. Uh, We'll be taking a look at the first warning in the book, those five (laughs) warnings that Tom has told us are coming. Uh, We'll be talking about the warning in the book about neglecting the gift of salvation. We'd love to see you at either our 9 o'clock or 1030 services if you can join us. I also want to make a quick note of be forward thinking here. Later in the month on September 19th, we will be having our One Faith uh, Outdoor Service. Um, We're doing that to promote unity and community as one body, even though we can't all worship together every Sunday in one room. We're split between multiple services. Uh, We do want to promote that unity and community we have as one church, and this is a chance to all get together. We're having a united worship service with baptism and communion, followed by a lunch outdoors, and so we'd really love to join us. It's at 10 a.m., on Sunday, September 19th, and it will be located in the trees to the southeast of the building. If you haven't been up in that area, don't worry, we'll have some signs out. We'll explain (laughs) more as it's coming, Um, but we'll actually be outdoors southeast of the church building. We would love to see you at that One Faith event, so we'd encourage you to put that on your calendars and plan to be there. And that's it for this week's episode. Um, Thanks so much for taking the time to listen and tune in. If it's been helpful to you, just remember you can share it, rate it, or comment on the podcast to help other people find it, and we hope you join us again next week from Midweek in the Word.
0: Thanks for listening to this week's podcast. To learn more about Faith Bible Church, please visit our website at www.faithbiblelincoln.org. You can also find us on Facebook by searching for Faith Bible Church, Lincoln, Nebraska, or on Twitter at the handle at FBC Lincoln. As for this week, we'll leave you with Paul's words to Timothy. But you, man of God, flee from all this and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. Fight the good fight of the faith.